Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Eyes to Demise. My name is John. That's Ian. What's going on? It is a day late but because of Ian's birthday stream, which, by the way, happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. We're not a dollar uh, short, though. Not a dollar short, no. Uh, this is episode 81, uh, Quick Hits on Dominaria Limited and Arena, because uh, there were a few major updates for Arena uh, that came out this past week, as well as uh, Dominaria Limited is live on Magic Online, and it comes out today, the day that you're you're listening to this, uh, hopefully on Friday, April 27th. And Dominaria looks a lot of fun, so we're going to talk a little bit about it. Yeah, just, you know, initial impressions on the formats, both draft and seal, because this weekend, go actually, go Eisen Community, this, continuing, this weekend, the first limited GPs for Dominaria coming out with uh, GP Bologna and GP Columbus, which is team limited. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun, really spicy. I don't, I think Bologna, 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 Bologna. is being streamed, but... Really? I am unsure of whether or not Columbus is. Uh, if one's being streamed, the other isn't. That, that is how that works. Well, European GP to American GP? Uh, usually they don't kind of do that. It, it's, it's Columbus. They're, do, they're doing uh, Columbus starting Saturday okay. at 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. UTC. Oh, Grampy Bologna is also team limited, so they're both team limited. Yeah, it's a double team limited GP. It's it's the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the like sister GPs this weekend for that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, actually, yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun. There is coverage of GP Bologna. It looks like that's what I thought because I saw uh, Rich Hagen tweeting about a uh, special guest for the end of GP Bologna. So yeah, so that so, so for that one, it is starting Saturday at one thirty a.m. Pacific, four thirty a.m. Eastern, eight eight thirty a.m. UTC. So it looks like. They're only given Bologna about four and a half hours before they switch over to GP Columbus. Yeah. So. Which is fine. Other things in the eyes of the community. Four and a half hours. Yeah, yeah, four and a half hours. Other big thing in the eyes of the community. uh, There was a new article series that that Wizards just started putting out on Thursdays, uh, which is talking about the printing. Because magic cards are obviously printed on paper with ink. And Tom Wanderson, or Wanderstrand, is wrote an article about the card construction, uh, specifically talking about card coatings uh, and how they, for those who are really interested in the process of the actual making of the magic cards, uh, because there have been some issues with card stock and card quality, which we don't really, really want to get into, but it looks like they are doing a, they're looking to try to improve those. And they say that uh, Core 19, 2019, which comes out this summer, is going to be a little bit better than even Dominaria was. And Dominaria was already an improvement on previous, uh, the the actual physicality of the cards. Yeah, so for a while, I mean, people were basically saying, like, new Phyrexia, Innistrad era, then when they switched over to start printing more stuff in RTR blocks, the last five years, I guess you can say, of cards have been kind of done one way, and they realized that it was starting to really go down a certain path, like... Even premium cards will be printed on a completely different printing process so that you're master sets and you're from the vaults. So we don't know if they're going to be continuing that with those specific standalone things. Uh, they were, they did mention that they are making adjustments for those smaller standard standalone sets as well. So we'll see how it goes. But I know I got to handle some of the actual cards and hopefully you guys did it, your pre-releases and they feel pretty good. Yeah. They're, they're a lot more matte in their coding now, which I think is kind of cool. It is very nice. 
And also, there's a big arena, MTG Arena update, but we'll talk about that after Ian and I discuss our kind of takes on Dominaria Limited. Oh, but first because, though, speaking oh. of Limited, real quick, if you guys want to go catch a lot of VODs, a lot of popular streamers and some other less popular streamers, we mentioned this last week, did the uh, preview event for Dominaria on Arena, which I believe is now live? I, I do not know for sure. I have not checked yet. Uh, one second. And... Yes, they should be up by the time you are listening to this episode. They should be live because they had a downtime basically going on this morning for 48 hours. So, and the servers are still currently down. Oh, they're up. Mm-hmm. No, beta servers are up. So I believe they have now updated with Dominaria. So as you hear this, you can go play Dominaria with new Dominaria battlefields, music, visuals, sounds. Go have at it. Anyways, let's talk about Dominaria Limited because that's not only what the GPs are about this week, but also this that seems really interesting. It's really fun. There's a lot of interesting things going on in it. Um, so you did uh, Two-Headed Giant and a sealed event on Magic Online, correct? Uh, still doing the sealed event online, but yeah, Two-Headed Giant and – well, pre-release Two-Headed Giant. I'll, I'll talk about why I have to clarify it. that as Two-Headed Giant pre-release. Yeah. Uh, I also actually managed to make it to two pre-releases. Uh, I did a two-headed giant event and a solo event, and then I also got one draft in on Magic Online, which you can actually find on uh, YouTube. Uh, I'll put a link to it in the description below. Uh, and this format is really interesting. There, one of the things that I've always, I, I find myself saying this a lot for formats is that you're going to come into board stalls and you need need to find a way to break the board stalls. And saying that evasion is important is Kind of like saying the sky is blue. Inva- evasion is always important. But somehow, in my draft that I've played, and I also watched another friend draft on Magic Online, the board get clogs up on the ground really fast. Yeah. Especially if you're playing Sapperlings or, you know, Soul or Knights or whatever it is. The board is going to get clogged up. And you're going to need a way to break that parity, either with evasion or with just having some large unbeatable monster. Yeah, I'll talk about some of my uh my my all-stars for that kind of evasion thing in a little bit for me. I don't know. I'll see if you touch on them too. Yeah. So, uh the draft I did, I was a blue green deck splashing black for eviscerate and vicious offering. You can see how the draft went again in the video. And I went 2 and 1 in the draft. In my first two matches, one went to time. And two games out of the seven that I played, or out of the six that I played in those first two matches, ended in someone decking themselves. Wow. One of them was me, one of them was my opponent. And the game where I decked my opponent, I almost killed them in one turn because my draft went so poorly, I had to play Homerid Explorer, which is a four mana 3 3 in blue that when it comes to play, a target player puts the top four cards of their library into their graveyard. And I had enough mana to go Homerid Explorer, Blink of an Eye Homerid Explorer, Replay Homerid Explorer, Mill You, Kill You. Wow. But they had Vicious Offering to kill it in response to my blink of an eye. No. So that they they got one extra turn. It you was get, You get one turn. It was ridiculous. And then in my last round, I played against a green-white tokens deck with Shauna, uh, Shauna Sisei's Legacy, who I could not reasonably interact with without drawing one of my removal spells, which I never did. And I died to an 8-8, like two-mana 8-8. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I played against uh, Blackblade Reborn, the Blackblade Reforged. Uh, that card is bonkers. That card is dumb. Don't don't ignore the fact that it has a seven mana equipped to non legends. That card just 
ends games because either you put it on an evasive threat like a flyer or unblockable creature or whatever it is and you get in and then they either ha- and then they're dead or you put it on like a sapperling and they have to block it at at least a a like eight eight maybe a seven seven if you're playing land or elves and it's just the card is so bonkers yeah it's pretty gross um yeah i know I, I, I'm going to kind of talk, I'll just mention it now because why not? Um, played against it last night actually on stream when I was working through some of my sealed, de- like sealed online sealed thing. Uh, opponent had a Danitha Cavishan, you know, first strike lifelink vigilant, mm-hmm. saddled up with the Black Blade, and the opponent also had Quende on the board, and it was like a 9 9 double strike lifelink. I'm like, vigilance. What? Oh, yeah. it was, I was like, Oh, the worst. The, so the worst part was is like opponent had stuck the uh, the eldest eldest reborn, yes, uh, saga, and right. So I'm like, oh, cool. I'm, I was playing around, like making sure nothing got in the graveyard. Opponent uh, does the uh, three, final parting. Yeah, final parting. Three black, black. Uh, search your library for two cards. Put one in your graveyard, one in your hand. I found out why you play that card. <laughs> They put Danitha in the graveyard, put black I'm assuming they fetched up Black Blade, put it in their hand. Then Eldest Reborn gets back Danith on the battlefield. They play the Black Blade, then equip it that same turn. And I'm like, uh crap. Yeah, the Black Blade <laughs> turns whatever you put it on into a must kill threat. It is ridiculous how good it is. Um, now the one draft that I watched, I had a friend, I watched a friend draft, um, I, I was watching Doug draft, uh, via Skype. And so he packed one, picked one, uh, settle the score, which is two BB sorcery, exile target creature, and then planeswalker flavor text. Um, and then he, then his pick two was spore crown salad, the one of the G two, two that your other saplings and fungus get plus one, plus one. Oh yeah. The sapling fungi Lord. Yeah. That's, yes. that's a beater. And so we, he ended up drafting the most insane black green deck I think I'll ever see. He got two Spore Count Thalids, three Sap Herds, and two Slimefoot. That's that's gross. Did he get any of the, was, the Did he get any of the Sapling Generators or no? He uh, he did get one Sapling Migration. Um, he got the Death Bloom Thalid, the three mana three two. Then when it dies, make a Sapling. Uh, he never he didn't get any of the Sack Outlets, which was unfortunate. Um, and he, it was almost, it was almost an easy three zero, and he, every single game ended up with him just grinding his opponents to dust by either killing them with three three sapperlings or two two sapperlings, or just suiciding in one one sapperlings to get the triggers off of uh of uh blah, what's his name Slimefoot. Yeah, and it, it was just bonkers. Yeah, that thing is just straight up. Uh, uh, Slimefoot's good. Yeah, Slimefoot's just just really really good. Like. And if you're anywhere close to black green, just play Slimefoot. I would, like, in a modest, modest pack, I would, like, first pick that card because it's Easy. just, it's, Slimefoot has always delivered, like, I mean, I'll talk about it again in mine, like, my own experience against a Slimefoot, so. Yeah, so th- this format is uh, is really interesting. I'm excited to try to draft more of it. Uh, and there's one note that you have in yours that is very true in draft as well. Which is main deck your naturalize effects. My god. Main deck your naturalize effects. What's the... Broken Bond, I think it is? Yeah, Broken Bond. Like, play your sagas. Everyone's going to play their sagas. Everyone's going to play their artifacts if they're anywhere close to historic spells. 
And people are going to play stuff like Black Blade Reforged, and you're going to need an answer to them. People are going to, like, people play Short Sword and Jousting Lance. Yeah, like, Short Sword, whatever. Jousting Lance, you should try to, you should be able to try to find a way to kill it. But everyone's going to be playing these these artifacts and these enchantments that you're going to want to get rid of. So main deck your Broken Bonds, main deck your Invoke the Divine, because you don't want to be on the fa- on the receiving end of a Black Blade Reforged on a 1-1 Sapperling. You, you don't. That just sounds like hilarious to me. My opponent put it on a Windgrace Acolyte, which is the three-two flyer for five. Barf, 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 barf. Yep. Yeah, it's all. I won rid- that game though. What's ridiculous would be, uh, oh, that's nice. Um, is if you're able to, you know, kind of like chunk in and get some things that have like on damage effects. Uh, mm-hmm. What's what's one of the black cards that has that? The sac effects. Now there's some. I know there's some black cards that have like when it deals combat damage. Oh, the saboteur effects. Yeah, there aren't many of those. I no, there's, think. there's. I'm trying to remember which one it was. I don't. I can't remember off the top of my head. But you get some of those things. You put black blade on it. You just and if you're able to give it trample somehow. Bleh, yeah, just disgusting. It's bonkers. But anyways, oh, so, that's so, that's kind of my experience with draft. Uh, so I, I got to ask you. I mean, you have drafted. You watch other people draft and stuff like that. How does the actual like in draft feel? Like, it feels pretty good. Huh? I mean, there's a few times where I think it's very true that the uncommons are very, very powerful in this format. And there's definitely some commons that you can actually have a decent debate between. Like when I was watching Doug's draft, his pack one pick two was between Spore Crown Thalid and, Cra- and Cloud Reader Sphinx, which is the five minute three four flyer that when it comes into play, Scry 2, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of interesting decision points that you can make in this draft format. That could totally reimagine what you what you see. Um, that, like I was seeing a lot. Sphinx is pretty good. I mean, the Sphinx is very good. Like I picked up three blink of an eyes in my draft because I don't think anyone was actually like I either I overvalued it or they undervalued it, and I'm not sure which is correct yet. But his blink of an eye is also just really good. It's just really nice, cheap interaction. It replaces itself in the late game. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and that's the one in the blue. Uh, it's basically into the royal. Re- it's into the royal functional reprint. So one it, in a blue. It is a yeah. Yeah, one in a blue instant bounce target creature back to the opponent's hand. Is it no, permanent no, non land, non land permanent, non land permanent, and kicker for one in a blue. So you can pay two blue blue to do the bounce, and you draw a card. Yep. So you're basically you're basically sagas. getting a think. You're getting a think twice. Almost on top yeah. It's of a bounce. It's very good. Well, I mean, think twice. You know, one in a blue draw a card without the sure. The the sure, front sure. the front side of think twice without the uh you know redo rebuy absolutely but yeah it's I mean I've I've watched a couple people draft I watched Candy do a couple drafts and stuff like that and it seems like the lanes like you can hit a lane pretty decently mm-hmm. um it doesn't seem like it's all over the place unless your draft pod is just like you know all over the place kind of thing like you're you're able to find what you you can kind of like hedge almost one color initially yeah. and then you know like possibly dip your foot into two what do you feel about three colors in limit and in draft i mean it's doable especially if you're base green thanks to grow from the ashes um however i don't want to be three colors unless i have a really strong reason to like dargaz reincarnated is a real reason to play, be playing all of three of those colors you know so Unless I have, like, a really strong reason to be three colors. Like, again, I was playing blue-green. I was splashing black for Eviscerate and Vicious Offering. Just as extra pieces of removal, of hard removal, that blue-green doesn't have access to very often. Yo, vi- so, Vicious Offering, though, with Sapperlings is a is really good. Oh, 
It's real good. That's the uh, uh, that's the one in a black minus two minus two with kicker sack a creature. Uh, if it, if kicked, it does minus five minus five. Exactly. So yeah. I feel like y- you can splash, but it's definitely not super reliable. You know, like this is definitely two color format. Don't splash unless you have to. I mean, so. you can always luck into maybe getting you know one of the dual lands coming around. Yeah. Which, by the way, my draft started off with me opening a um, a hinterland harbor. I'm like, really? Come on, guys! And then the next pack I opened was a uh, a sulfur falls. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh tell- no, it was it was woodland cemetery and then sulfur falls. I'm like, come on! I have to tell you about Lindsay and my combined pool with that. I mean, if we want to get yeah. in, pop into seal, we can right now. Yeah, go for it. All right, so I actually kind of omitted another sealed that I did. <laughs> I've actually done a sealed, a regular sealed in paper as well. Um, but so I'll start with the two headed giant thing and then backtrack a day and then jump forward, you know, time, not linear thing. Uh, what is it? So two headed giant pre-release, why I said it's different. I mentioned a little bit earlier is in a two headed giant pre-release, usually two headed giant, you get eight packs, um, for team sealed, they're getting 12, uh, in mm-hmm. two headed giant pre-release, you get 12. Yeah, so you just you get can, two pre-release kits. Yeah, yeah could that, it'd be way too hard for them to make two-headed giant pre-release kits. So you get a special 12-pack seal pull plus four promos here because in these pre-release packs, you would get two. You would get your normal rare or mythic promo, and you would get a uncommon rare or mythic legendary in yeah, you your get promo a leg- pack. you get a legendary promo, and then you get a rare promo. So I happen to pull... A very, very, absolutely gorgeous. We talked about the art for this card, but and we mentioned like the foils are going to be amazing. I have a foil of this card now, and it is incredible. This Lyra Dawnbringer, the uh, stained glass Ooh. angel. Yeah, Ooh. she's gorgeous. I have I took a picture of her on Twitter and got the light just right where everything is glowing so nicely. I'll make sure I put a link to that particular one just so you guys can see how ridiculous this card looks in foil. But um, Lindsay opened up a Yargle. Yargle! And the, uh, how's the Yogmoth's Bargain? Yogmoth's Vile Offering? Yeah, Yogmoth's Vile Offering. She got yeah. one of those. I, I don't remember yeah. what my other promo was off the top of my head. It's around somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you eh. can find it. Eh. Lyra was the, the big the big pull there. Um, I also opened up a Traxos in my pool, which is kind of cool. And I had, we had, between Lindsay and I, we had two Voltaic Servants, so... Nice, nice, nice. So a, a decent way, plus a couple other historic cards and stuff like that, that would absolutely untap them. But it was funny. I had Voltaic Servant out there. And one thing you got to remember with Voltaic Servant, and actually PV, uh, Paul Vito mentioned this on Twitter today. He hates Voltaic Servant online because it's not a May ability. At the end of every upkeep, or the end of every, at the beginning of every end step, or beginning of, every, beginning of your end step, every turn, it targets you have to yep. pick a target every turn, even if you have not tapped anything and have basically you have to target itself. It's yep. dumb. So fun thing is, if you will, in paper, you can say, I said to my opponents every game, like, hey, I am going to shortcut this. I'm letting you know right now when I say go, I am intentionally tar- unless I otherwise state my Voltaic Servant will target itself. Mm. And that was just a shortcut I took. Remember, not competitive REL. So I don't know how they would have to make that call at that level, but this is pre-release level kind of thing where I'm just like, hey, just a shortcut it so I don't be like, okay, target this, okay, target this, okay, target this. I'm just be like, hey, look, 
we're just going to assume that it's targeting itself until otherwise. Because I had an icy manipulator in my pool as well. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> icy manipulator, tap your thing, untap it, tap your thing. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter. really work on your instep, though, is the problem. I don't care. It's, I mean, it's still value. No, no, no. You tap something down on your turn to get, you tap down their biggest threat to get some damage through, and then it untaps, and then you can tap it on their turn. Okay, that's fair. And that's how you lock it. You get two activations of Ice Manipulator off of that. Yep. All right. I'm on board. Yeah. And then you untap your Ice Manipulator, your turn, lock down their second biggest threat, and then you untap it again and lock their... Yeah. It's It can be dumb. Uh, I never got it resolved, though, because opponent countered it. I have, I have never seen an opponent in paper fire off and unwind quicker than my opponent did when I said, cast Ice Manipulator. They were literally just like, throw... They, like, they literally like had one hand, like... Basically, like t- turn tap their mana and threw down the <laughs> card with the other one. They're like, "Nope!" And I'm like, "Uh, whatever." Icy manipulator is a really silly magic card. Raph Capuchin also a ridiculous magic card. And we were mentioning punching through damage, and you didn't mention them, it. But Pegasus Courser in white. Oh god, that the, card. The yeah. two and a white fl- uh, one three flyer that when it like when you attack with it, you can make you basically jump something else and give something else flying. That is how you punch through damage. Oh yeah. Like, if your opponent doesn't have any evasion, like, for flying, you just go, okay, now just chunk in for a bunch of damage. Um, I also had this in my seal pool, from in my white, in my online one, and I was able to take my opponent down to four before they started, they resolved the Tatiova and just started clawing their way back from the grave, and that was painful. Yeah, so, Tatiova is a real good card. Yeah, so like like John said, like, format gets really grindy, the board gets clogged up really quickly, so having stuff like that, even Avon Sentry, which is a 3-2 flyer for four... That's a solid card in this format. Um, oh, yeah. Some fun plays that I did, since you're playing to edit Giant, you can target your opponent, your your friend's stuff. Uh, on Sarah's Wings, I would, like, Lindsay got caught a couple times with Yogmok's Vile Offering, which is a legendary sorcery, which needs a legendary card on your side of the battlefield. She got caught a couple times, where she's like, I can't cast this. And I'm like, no, no, I got you. She's like, what? I'm like, On Sarah's Wings. Because On Sarah's Wings grants the creature itself legendary status. Which is a nice little benefit for people trying to play those legendary sorceries in uh, in Limited. Yeah, so be- I controlled on Sarah's wings, so if I enchant something of hers and it doesn't have that clause, she still can't cast Yawgmoth's Vile Offering. But because it grants legendary to that creature, I think it was uh, the Thalid that you can pay one to sack something and draw a card. Uh, the, um, the Soothsayer. Yeah, the Soothsayer. I put it on that, so and was able. She was able to cast Yawmoth by authoring, which is a hell of a card. Such, that card's real silly. It's such a beater. Like you target to destroy something your opponent has, and then you pick back any any creature or planeswalker. I think it is. Uh, it's destroy target creature or planeswalker. Put target creature or planeswalker from a graveyard into play under your control. Now remember, I, I believe the way it works is you have like you. When you pick the destroy target... You can't reanimate the thing you destroy. Correct. That's what I was getting at. Like, you can't... Because you have to have... Basically, when you cast it, you're picking... I want to destroy this and then this to let the spell resolve. You have to have the targets available for that. Yep, Um, yep, yep. She had a... a, Like I said, she had a promo Yargo in her pool, which is kind of fun. She played uh, Black Green. Unfortunately, no slime foot in our pool. I played played Blue-White, which my pool seemed pretty good. Like, we had a really strong... Blue, like blue and white, like kind of combo with Raph and stuff like that. I was considering trying to splash black for Arvod with how many, uh, 
legendary permanents we had, and we also had the uh, the primevals thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, primevals glorious rebirth. Yes, we had that. You know, return all legendary uh, legendary cards to the battlefield. A legendary permanents to the battlefield. Um, yep. I had a few in balls as clutches. Let me tell. All right, so. The DCI says we went one and two and drop, but we technically went two and two because if you look at Card Kingdom's YouTube, uh, Sam Tang of Kitchen Table Magic did some little uh, little vod or a vlog, a vlog for them, and in the background he needed some people playing Magic like as like his like exit for his ex- extra exit little bit for the video and in the backgrounds me and Lindsay playing another team so we actually started playing and we realized like there was like 20 minutes like hey we want to just finish this game out like yeah no big deal i went off with raf like flashed in raf at the end step on turn five yep past the turn or like i'm like we drew i'm like okay i'll pass the turn and then opponent plays oh god one of the other angels not the uh is it sarah angel no it's the one that gives counters no that's the one that Shalai Voice of Planes wants to give counters and gives everything else yes. proof. It's the other one, the one that begins with a T. Uh, Teshar? Not- that's a bird That's a bird cleric. Oh, okay, yeah, Teshar. I grabbed Teshar off of them. Yeah. And then, like, they basically play Shalai the next turn. But I stole their impulses, clutches, flashed in on their turn when they tapped out for it. And I went off with a bunch of other things, too. Played Zahid, flashed in. It was, it was gross and disgusting. Yeah, uh, Imbolus Clutches I think is the front runner for best card in the set. Uh, it's definitely for limited. It's it's the mythic mythic uncommon for the set for sure. Imbolus Clutch, by the way, is the four blue blue legendary enchantment aura. Uh, it's enchant permanent. You control enchanted permanent. Enchanted permanent is legendary. Yep. So basically, it's a control magic with enchanted permanent is legendary on tacked on. It's good. It's very good. If you play see, it every single time you get the chance. If you have if it's one of your if it's one of your legendary cards in your pack, I wouldn't take I wouldn't hesitate to take it. Oh yeah, it's it's real good. Um people online have been kind of decrying hexproof creatures lately, more so nowadays, especially since they're trying to get away from hexproof, especially with we've seen the uh those knights. Spo- yeah, spoiler alert, magic players don't know what they want. No, they don't. Some people love <laughs> some people love saddling stuff up with hexproof. Others don't. But when you put an Aunt Sarah's wings onto a cold water snapper, which is the four five hexproof, so you put, yeah, it gets kind of disgusting. It really does. Um, it really does. We had an opponent basically f- kind of flood out, but like we we had a huge board stall in one of our games where they stuck a slime foot and basically got to the point where they could activate Slimefoot three times every turn. So they just sat back with 12 mana and was like, activate Slimefoot three times. I'm like, you don't have to tap your mana if you're doing this end step. Like, just say, I'm going to do it. Just do like the, I'm going to tap this, get your things and untap. Because they were tapping 12 mana and then untapping. And I'm like, don't, just just do it. It's fine. Um, and then at that point, we were, Lindsay and I were like 13 or 14 life. And I'm like, they literally just have us if we start killing their sapperlings and we're dead. At that point, I was like, you know, you guys could have swung like two turns ago. I was like, well, we wanted to make sure. I'm like, no, no, no. You, you literally had the combat math. I was crunching the numbers while you were making your decisions. Like, you guys had the kill. <laughs> like, well, there were some combat pumps we were worried about. I'm like, you still would have domed us for a massive amount of damage. Yep. But, um, but yeah, like John said, gets grindy. Um, here's one thing I noticed is some of the seal pulls that I've done. 
namely the ones online, if you need a top end, you need some big, heavy beefers at your top end in this format. You need at yeah. least maybe a Partic Wanderer, the 5-5 five, five Trampler, or hell, even the uh, the 7-7. Seven, seven. Yeah. Like also the kicker spells will help you with that in addition. Like oh. Untamed Kavu at Uncommon or uh Bayloth Gorger at Common, the four mana four four that turns into an eight mana seven seven with kicker. Dude, like, that that Kavu is OP. Kicker yeah, Kavu is absurd. I forgot how much I love Kicker. Yeah. Like Kicker uh, is a hell of a mechanic and it is so fun. Like being able, and that other one you're mentioning too, the the Bayloth the, Gorger. The, the Bayloth Gorger. It's a bear. No, it's a it's a four mana four four. Oh no no! I'm talking about the the two two one in green. Oh, untamed kavu. Untamed kavu. The kavu, right? The untamed kavu. The bear with vigilance trample. Okay, already bear with upside. Yeah, I'll play it. And then you can kick it for five, make it a five five, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> okay. So um, yes, I will. I will pay for this cost. Well, yes, I will. And there's some. There's that elf that can give you. You can pay green, green. And it'll tap for green. It's the mana dork taps for green, and it can tap for green, green if you're using it to pay for kicker spells. And for for, for the kids at home, if you, you have that mana dork, you're you're looking that up. Elfham druid. Elfham druid. Remember, if you tap it and you put two two green mana into your mana pool, that can be used for that. You can use that mana to pay for two separate kicked spells. You can. I don't know how often that's going to come up because kicker spells tend to be pretty expensive. John, but it ca- John, it came it up in a ma- it came up in a match I was in. <laughs> they used it to kick one of the kavus as well as they used it. They basically tapped that to get mana to do the um, growth or grow from the ashes. Grow from the ashes to into get two lands kavu. into yeah. Oh, that's disgusting. It was pretty disgusting. It was gross, and I was like, uh, okay, I guess. Um, but yeah, make sure you have a top end uh, format. Seems fun, and I mentioned I did another sealed. So I did an online sealed, which is I had like a green, white, and green, red. Um, I got kind of again. That's where I came up with the, you need to have a high end because a lot of the, both of my decks were basically mid range, like actual kind of curve billowing out at like three, like sloping off at four, and maybe like two or three fives in a six drop. You definitely need some bigger beefers because if you can't kill your opponent. Or get them down and have enough evasion to hold off like exile effects on evasive creatures. Like you're just not going to win the game at all. Oh yeah. Um, it seems like fun. And the other format I mentioned is we have a kind of a play group up here that does it gets together on Saturdays at a brewery in uh, Seattle, and we play Canadian Highlander. So we played some Canlander the weekend there's last Saturday, and then one of our buddies got a box of dominaria because they pre-ordered it and this was a thing we could do or if you order, pre-ordered it from a store and picking up in person you could actually get your box on the pre-release weekend with your fire song and sun speaker i think it is sun speaker yep. yeah fire song sun speaker i have to be careful because like like sun speak yeah there's one of the one of the, it's like a really close it, to a des- it, it, it's it close to a, it's close to a destiny thing yeah it's fire song and sun speaker yeah so um we had a box that, so we did some. We didn't have enough for a draft to fire off a draft, so we just ended up doing sealed, which was really fun, uh, we did, like Phantom Sealed event. And we basically only played like Turbo, <laughs> played one game. I'm like, yeah, that's it. I played Black Green. I had a Slime Foot in my pool, which was great. Yeah. So, uh, it's fun. I I haven't played a lot of limited in a while, and I know for a fact that because of that, my card evaluation is utter shite. <laughs> I it have, is. It is a skill that you need to learn. 
Well, not even learn. It's a perishable skill, which is something you can yes. lose. It's something you can lose um, if you don't do it enough. And I definitely was losing it um, for a while. So that said, I'm looking forward to doing some more drafts and some more sealed events with this. I was doing the casual sealed, so I still have like six games to go with that pool. We'll see how it goes. Alrighty. Let's talk about so, Arena. Arena. So... This past update for the MTG Arena introduces a few things. Introduced is drafts, uh, constructed, and gems. And gems are the paid uh, resource for Arena. So this is what you would spend your real money on. And you can spend it on spend it right now to go buy gems in Arena right now. Uh, however, they are refunding your gems after the closed beta to open beta wipe. So those gems aren't necessarily lost forever, um, since they are doing a a an account wipe in between now and full release of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how the gems are paid for? You can buy gems in increments or in packages of seven hundred fifty, sixteen hundred, thirty four hundred, ninety two hundred, and twenty thousand. Uh, and the prices go up at $5, $10, $20, $50, and $100, respectively. And this follows the similar pattern you'll see, where the more gems you buy at a time, the cheaper overall they'll be. As an example, if you just kept buying 750 gems, uh, if you spent $100 on those, you'd only get 15,000 gems, as yeah. opposed to 20,000 gems. Yes, you lose out. Like It's, it's incentivizing batch pur- purchases, which is the common free-to-play... It's par for the course. Yeah. Which is fine. I do think that the packages are a little weird, considering, um, because uh, how much is a pack with gems, or can we not buy a bit? Uh, so the yet? pack purchasing, I forgot to put this in the notes. So pack purchasing was also included. We do have the MTG Arena thread from their community forums for this. Uh, we'll have it in the show notes. But pack purchasing is 600 gems to get three packs. 1,200 gems will get you six packs, which includes at least one uncommon and a common wild card. 3,000 gems get you 15 packs, which include at least one rare, three uncommon, three common wild cards. 9,000 gems get you 45 packs, which includes at least one mythic, three rare, nine uncommon, nine common, and nine common wild cards. And there's a apparently a bundle. There's a Dominary 45-pack bundle will also include one copy of Fire Song and Sunspear. Okay. Uh, the, and there's an 1,800-gem thing that's 90 packs which includes three mythic six rare 18 uncommon and 18 common wild cards and as a 90 pack bundle will include two copies um they did bring it up as well saying like the card will not be available through packs of any kind but will be a rare wild card craftable pickup all right that's good that is so you can get fire song and sun spear through a rare wild card in your like you have that we've already talked about the wild cards you know you basically at that myth, at that rarity level, you can pick any card available and cash it in. You can cash in for a Fire Song and Spirit, which is, I think, fine for that. Yes. Going to be a little weird considering you might see more of them around on Magic Arena than you will in real life because they were only a buy a box promo. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, also, uh, we have the pricing for drafts as well as what they're calling quick, quick constructed. That is a little bit of a Difficult thing to say, Quick. but yeah, uh, drafts are going to be 5,000 gold uh, or 750 gems. So if you want a draft, it's $5 to draft on Magic Arena. Now, the drafts aren't the same as they are on paper. You will draft in a pod against seven computers, and then you'll play 
against other people who have done similar drafts against in the same setup, essentially. And you'll play to seven wins or is it six losses? Uh, three. Three so basically, losses. That's what I thought. It's your, your thing will end after three wins or seven wins or three losses, whichever come first. Um, not going to run through the whole event price structure, but if you go seven and X, so you could go seven and two or seven and zero and you'll get the top prize. You could go six and three. So seven wins gets you 1000 gold, one individual uncommon card and two individual rares. Is it gold or gems? Because last time I looked at it, it, gold. it was for, paying oh, okay. for quick construct or is it for draft or quick construct. Oh, draft, about draft. draft is gems. My mistake. Seven wins. Yeah. It's I, I had the. I scrolled up too far to the quick construction. No, you're part. fine. Uh, no, draft is nine hundred for seven wins is nine hundred fifty gems, one three one to three eight card dominary boosters, and all the cards you drafted. Uh, and then remind me, are is, is dra- I knew that constructed was seven seven wins or three losses. Is draft seven and six, or is it still is it also seven and three? It's seven and three. Okay, seven I just seven wins, check. three losses, whichever comes first for both quick draft and quick constructed. The only difference okay. is your price structure, and how much it costs to get into the event. So I have two things with draft. One, um, I don't know why they're paying out in gems when they should just be paying out in gold. Being able to have a payable resource that is earnable, essentially earnable via drafts is awkward, and that could get real hairy if you have people who are able to get that seven wins a lot, and then suddenly they are literally free to play to also buy the cosmetic items, which are going to be in arena at some point. We don't know when, uh, but usually those cosmetics are real money payable, not uh, in-game payable. Yeah. Uh, so- two, people who are complaining about this don't understand why magic drafts, as they sit normally, like eight people sit down in the draft and draft, is really hard to do in a mobile client, not necessarily in a mobile client, but in a free-to-play atmosphere where people want to be able to pick up and put down and stop their draft at any time. Because it all comes down to the fact that in a magic draft of an eight-person draft, you can wheel cards. And if if Ian and I get, and six other people sit down to draft, and like on Arena, and suddenly I go, oh, I have to go. I have to, you know, go to the bank or I have to go to the grocery store. Or I have to go pick up my parents from the airport or whatever it is. Then that draft has to stop. However, with the way that they're structuring the drafts here, where it's only you drafting against the computer, they can do that. Which is why, like, when when we play Eternal, like, Eternal has essentially the infinitely large draft table because cards never wheel. And you can pick up a put down at any time because the client will store packs that other people have passed – and then you will essentially get past packs from players who may have drafted that day, a week ago, a month ago, who knows how long it's been. So complaining that these drafts are not the usual eight-person drafts with eight other people that you're drafting in computers that somehow denigrates the draft, you're missing the point. They're trying to put magic onto this this client and to be able to have it be on your phone, to be able to be easy to play, to pick up a put down and start and stop at any time. It can't work the way normal magic drafts do. And that's fine. Yeah. Sorry, I kind of went on a rant a little bit there, but no, it's fine. I I don't mind, man. That's what we're here for, right? <laughs> we're here it's to like true. We're here to chat about like our opinions on this thing. And true. So but yeah, that that was one of the that was one of the big kind of like things that really got to me when people were complaining about this. Yeah, it's like it's not again. If you're complaining about this because oh this isn't right, then it's not for you. <laughs> It's strange. Yeah. Like if, if you if you don't like what's going on with it in terms of 
like how they're they never wanted this to be like a direct port i mean they're 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 taking the magic experience and tweaking it to the hearthstone eternal-esque uh what's it called the what i don't know how the elder scrolls one works but they're taking it into that kind of like they're environment the, yeah they're trying it's, to this make isn't it gonna, into... this is not going to be duels it's not going to be magic duels it's not going to be magic online yeah this, this is, is its, its, own, its own separate entity yeah, yeah. It's its own beast just let it breathe let's see how it goes like and listen people who say that obviously they're going to get rid of magic online once arena kicks off or whatever it doesn't matter if you want the true magic experience the magic experience of sitting down at a table with eight other real life human beings you can do that on magic online Arena has – they have never said that Arena is going to be a Magic Online repl- replacement. And whether or not you want to be cynical about it or not, we should and have to take them at their word for what they mean. Yeah. That's that's how I feel about it at least. Yep. But – so they also – we did mention they have economy updates. We've talked about like they actually mentioned the gem economy. But they've actually also given us some percentages on vaults, um, your progress and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, your vault progress, whatever it comes from, opening eight card boosters or adding a card to your collection. If you have a, after you have a full playset, so after opening an eighth card booster, you get three point three three repeating percent progress towards your vault. Fifth or more copy of a mythic rare, you get one point one 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 repeating percent added to it. Uh, fifth or more copy of a rare is point five 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 repeating. These are all repeating, by the way. Uh, fifth or more uncommon is point three three. Fifth or more copy of a common is point one one one. Uh, they said that Vault will now reward one Mythic Rare, two wi- Rare Wild, two Rare, and three Uncommon. So you get a Mythic, two Rare, and three Uncommon. It, they've these are rebalanced cards or Wild Cards? Wild Cards. Okay. Yeah, so you get a little bit of a rebalance. Um, if you, if you play daily, they say, if you play daily, you should unlock the Vault at least every three weeks with consistent play of roughly 60 to min- 90 minutes a day. For the average player, this should happen about once per month. Yeah. So if you're jamming this thing hardcore, you will open more vaults than usual. If you're just like, I'm going to jam this, you know, 60 minutes, just play an hour a day, you'll get it about once a month. And yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Like, it's a great way to you get one mythic and two rare. So it's a good way to, I mean, it'll remain to be seen how like, you know, churning out that kind of thing over time. But you're not, you're, you're literally getting a, you pick a mythic, you pick two rare, you pick three uncommon once a month. Yep. I mean, which is fine, which is, which think is about, better than previously. Think, yeah. Th- well, none of that. Convert to paper or something like that. What are you doing at that point? You're like, okay, I want this, you know, rekindling Phoenix. It's like a $30 card. This is just asking you to play 60 minutes a day. I mean, you have to do the equation and, you know, your time commitment, you know, what's your time worth, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, Which is different for every person. Yeah. So that's fine. Uh, they're upping the quest rewards. Uh, that's good. Now set at 500 and 750 gold. That's um, gonna that's gonna help things out a ton. Daily win, first win of the day gets two fifty. Your wins two through four now award a hundred. So basically, your first four daily wins should give you five fifty gold. So they're yep. upping that kind of thing. Um, there's a one time reward when you log in. Now uh, you get one mythic wild card and three dominaria boosters. Is one time thing. Okay. Um, your weekly wins. Players will still receive a pack of five, ten, fifteen wins for the week. Weekly wins now reward Dominaria packs. You know, you, you can basically... As expected. Between all your wins, weekly wins, quests, blah, 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 they're saying you should basically be earning at a rate of about 10 packs a week if you play 60 to 90 minutes of play a day with a reasonable amount of wins per day. All right. So it's, you know... Uh, this also, remember, we, we would get like free, three free boosters every Friday. 
that's going away. So no more weekly rewards. Um, they're doing that because they're actually pumping in the gem economy as well. So we'll see how it goes. They're, they, my just TLDR takeaway of all of this stuff, you can go dig into it. There's people doing math and crunching numbers on this. John, you'll probably do this because I know that's something you love to do. I do I hear, love me my numbers. I hear you laughing over there. Um, no, but my TLDR, my takeaway from this is that they were listening. They have been listening to the our like the community saying, "Hey, these are a little on the underside," and they're like, "Yeah, okay, we did undershoot, but we undershot for a reason. We wanted to see where our baseline could be, and then take it up from there." And they have, and that's great, and that gives me a lot of confidence that going forward they are keeping a close watch on this particular bit of uh, the game because it's absolutely going to make or break this yeah like we said before the the economy needs to be at a, such a place where people can reliably build competitive standard decks and be able to play them on arena and there just needs to be a way to do that and the economy as it was previously was not in that state and there are definitely people who are who are doing more noodly number stuff than myself than i was at least so let's see how this this economy works and again i do think that if if the feedback of this economy is that it's not fast enough or it's not you know appropriate enough, they should just go to a card crafting system. However, they're trying out this new system, and I think that that and that's going to take a lot more time than just being able to go. Oh, it didn't work in our first iteration. It's going to require several iterations to get to the point where Wizards is happy with the economy and the players are happy. I don't know where that balance is going to be, but we'll see. Yeah. So. One thing also we should mention, we mentioned these, you know, quick drafts and quick constructed. There is a calendar for these two. Uh, it's right. in that thread. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the quick constructed is going to run from April 26th today uh, as a recording day through June 7th. Um, but starting May 4th through the 7th, so like four day spurts, it'll be our devastation. Then the 11th to the 14th of May is Dominaria quick draft. Then 18th to the 21st of May is Rivals of Ixalan. Then the 25th to the 28th of May is Hour of Devastation. And then June 1st to June 4th is Dominary Quick Draft. So that'll be what's available for the upcoming events on the calendar. Um, if you haven't, if you are in the beta and you haven't signed up for the forums and threads, definitely do it. It's, you're not going to get any extra bonuses in the game for it. But if you're interested in keeping tabs on the development of it, that's going to be your best resource for Absolutely. that. Absolutely as is usually anything that's in kind of a beta, and they are paying attention to these, so definitely do it. Bottom line, Wizards is listening to us. But yeah, so that's yeah. just the best part. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's really not much more we can say about Arena. I've still played a little bit here and there. Um, I haven't really delved into the, I'm going to build a deck for the meta, blah, blah, blah. Like, I've just been like, okay, I need to do these things. Uh, I'll change like five cards out of the deck with what I have in my collection that I've opened. And I'll just roll with it, like blue red. All right, what's good blue red that I can that I've earned that I can take out? Okay, yeah, that'll work. All right, shoot and go. Exactly. So, with that said, Ian, you have to go see the Avengers this 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 evening, the evening of recording. Heck yeah! So we're gonna uh, cut it short a little bit. I lucked into like avoiding spoilers for this one, so we'll see how it goes. All right, so Ian, if people wanted to find you on social media, where can they do so? You guys can find me on Twitter at DixonIJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. You guys can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix. That's D-I-X. I've come to the realization that I'm more of a constructive player now 
in my magic leanings. Like I mentioned earlier, my, my limited card evaluation is crap. Um, but I have a rags to riches next weekend on the 5th of May. So I'm going to be jamming a bunch of pauper next week. Um, I'm already two Oh in a league with, is it spot weaver blitz? Look for more of that coming up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Man of is a card. John, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. That is jwiley129. I'm also on Twitch at the same handle. If you see me in Twitch chat, don't hesitate to say hi. Uh, I am also, again, putting a bunch of videos on YouTube. You can find that on YouTube under Well of John. Uh, I'll put a link to it in the show notes if you guys want to see some of the content I've made for Magic or Eternal or any of the other games that I have that my computer can handle me recording. If you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so on Twitter at Eyes of the Mize, or if you have a more personal question, you can shoot us an email at eyesofthemize at gmail.com. We'd love to hear how we can best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. On behalf of Ian, I'm John. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. <laughs>